the best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. How, how would you argue if Johnny Sexton was to go and win a World Cup with Ireland and lead them to it that he wouldn't be the greatest? Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. You should be the host here. I'm really loving it, Jeff. We're both monster people, diehard monster people, and we want them to do well. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neve Briggs. Nobody knows monster rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. Hello and welcome back. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 36 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me, as always, is Neve Briggs. Uh, great to have you back, Neve. How was your summer? It was great, Quinny. Um, not as good as yours, I'm not sure, because you got to go to New Zealand and witness that unbelievable series win. But uh, we went to Japan in August with the women's squad. It was brilliant. Um, brilliant learning for such a young group. But um, no, so it was good. I had my hip replaced. So you that had was your a big hip thing. replaced? Yeah, in June. So that was a big thing, um, I suppose. Um, but I'm just getting back on my feet now, which is great timing for, for the season. And how was the tour in uh, in Japan uh, as regards, you know, given um, the development you were talking about yourself and Greg and the other coaches and maybe to be together and away in that environment? Um, you know, I, I, I was chatting about it on Off the Ball about, you know, the benefits of being away in tour, how you can spend more time with coaches, get to know players and stuff. So how did the girls adapt to that and enjoy it? Obviously, you won the first one and probably disappointed with the second result but still um, how was the tour overall from those yeah look, it, it was class I think the group were so good to be around um, they really bought into everything I think they became very very close um, and, and you're right the first week was brilliant we had a, you know to come back from from being a couple of scores down and not to panic with so many young girls and the pitch was brilliant and um, the second week I think why we want to win everything. We're very realistic in re- relation to um, the fact that, you know, we we struggled the second week to hit the intensity of training as the first week. I think the fatigue element and we took a few injuries in that first test and and that's a big learning for us as coaches, but for also for players to be able to back things up after day after day or week after week and, and having that consistency, you know, in the Six Nations, you might get it for two weeks and then, you know, you're off for a week. Whereas this was so intense for the three and a half weeks that we were together. So, but it was brilliant. Japan is incredible. I don't know if you, oh, you got to go and work up. Um, it's, it, it's, it's a lovely, lovely place. People are, are unbelievable. The culture was amazing. And for that group to be able to go and experience something like that was, um, I, like for me, we spoke about it beforehand as a group, you know, in terms of coaching group, it, it wasn't really about the results. It was about, educating players in terms of their game knowledge, game awareness, but also about the high performance element and how to look after their bodies off the pitch. And I think it was always going to be a win from that perspective. So it was just, it was brilliant, brilliant few weeks. We're going to get full-time contracts now as well. So that's um, from all the negativity, probably 12, 14 months ago, it's it's pretty positive at the moment. Um, Obviously Irish rugby, um, you mentioned New Zealand. Um, That was incredible. Um, to win the series, particularly after the first test, um, and probably the expectation and uh, the opportunity for for the team to go, I thought they were brilliant. Um, particularly, you know, given the way Leinster finished up their season, losing the Champions Cup final and the semi final of the URC, I thought they'd be a little bit. Given that the vast majority of Leinster players were on the Irish team, that they'd be a bit scarred from that and. Uh, 
it was incredible just to be there. So uh, hopefully we haven't peaked too soon. We probably did and got excited about it in 2018. And then 19 was a disappointing World Cup. But anyway, that's 12 months away. In 12 months' time, we'll be talking about the World Cup. Uh, we're back talking about Munster and we want to get fan engagement. Obviously, that was something that we really enjoyed last year, um, giving the, the fans a, a voice and an opportunity to give their opinions, really, because they're the ones that are in the stands, are supporting the team, following the team around Europe. Um, so we want the fans to get involved. And you can tweet us at Rugby Channel 15 or at either of our, our, our own Twitter personal Twitter uh, handles. Uh, you can leave a con- comment on YouTube. Um, and it's a fresh start, really. New coaches. Um, we, I put a tweet out yesterday just to see what the reaction would be and what the expectations were for, for, for the fans for this season. There's certainly, um, you know, it was a disappointing end to last season, given probably that Leinster game in the Aviva lingers a bit and particularly the Ulster game up in Belfast um, I think it was a disappointing for players for the fans for everybody who supports Munster Rugby but there's a sense now that there's a little bit of excitement around the new coaches that have come in some new players we'll talk about them in a minute but um, if you want to read out some of the tweets from from people who, who sent them yeah, look, I think you you spoke about the expectations and um, and the thoughts of, of people, and you're right. It was all centered around the new coaches. I think you know all new coaches, a couple of new players. But my worry for the new season is tight head prop would be in serious trouble if the current crop of young props don't flourish. That's from Michael Coveney. So I think we'll speak about that later on in relation to that. But we've always been you know mindful of of the front row issues and. Philip Quinlan, I'd love to think all the players will have the same respect for a number two that they have that has been elevated to the number one. Hopefully Graham has big enough arsenal to make this step up. Uh, Wayne Brass, new head coach and coaching ticket. Would you have a minimum season goal that's realistic that we could strive for? What's a realistic target for this group with all the new people setting out their systems? I think that's what, going to be... What, the... what is a realistic target? <clears throat> I think... I don't know if you read Dennis Leamy's piece in The Independent last week. I think it absolutely hit the nail on the head in relation to what he spoke very, very well in terms of the ambition that they have as a group, but also how realistic that they are in terms of where they are. I think we've got to have patience as a supporting group and, and, and be able to kind of take the emotion away from it and have it as Munster fans and have a look at the process. And all you're looking for is improvements week on week. And I think um, that's going to take time. Like, Having watched a couple of the train sessions over the summer, they're training at a different level than I'd seen in the previous two years. And it looked really exciting. But so it's going to take time for them to get used to that type of unstructured play to be able to put their skills under pressure. So he spoke about, you know, to be talking about winning trophies is an unrealistic view in terms of while they're ambitious, you know, you have to be constantly sitting at the top table um, in both competitions to be able to win, to be able to enter into the conversation of winning trophies. Munster haven't done that. So I think you're looking at playoffs and knockouts and to get that far and have, and see improvements week on week in players that either have stagnated over the last few seasons in relation to the way that Munster had been playing, or we soon see new blood, which we'll speak about afterwards coming through the ranks because they're flourishing in this type of game that they're trying to play. So I think that's, probably the long-winded answer, but what would your... 
realistic well, in, in, in simple terms, I think Munster fans would like to see a little bit more ambition and attack. Um, I don't think anyone you would meet on the street who's a diehard Munster fan who knows the rugby inside out would say, yeah, Munster have to win a European Cup or have to win the URC because it's difficult. And there's the obvious challenge every year is 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 Leinster in the URC because they they've so much depth in their squad and so many internationals. Europe is a is 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 a different kettle of fish. I think uh, they could take hope from what they produced against Toulouse last year in in, in that quarter final and the Aviva and maybe united the fans a little bit and got that feel good factor back that buzz about Europe again. But yeah, it's true. It's a fact. Um, I think they have to try and find more consistency and probably, um, you know, play a brand of rugby that's a little bit more ambitious if they're going to lose. And if they lose matches that at least they're at certain points um, that you're trying to attack and have a real go. And I think that's that'll be satisfactory for the fans if they show that passion and heart. And, you know, if they're beaten by a better team on the day, I think that's... That's acceptable. It's difficult because of so many games. You've got to manage the squads. The internationals are in and out. Uh, getting that emotional pitch right. For, for me, I think the big thing that I would like to see probably is the younger players becoming, maturing a little bit more, getting a hardened, hardened edge, um, keeping the standards pretty high. And as you said, we will talk about the coaches as well and what they will bring, what we hope they will bring anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think, look, Dennis is right in probably what he's saying. Um, there probably has to be a little bit of patience here. Um, I'm just interested in a little bit. Philip Quinlan says there, respect for the coaches. Is that something that um, for for Graham Rowntree um, would be challenging? Um, he knows the players. Um, sometimes you, you worry about comfort zones and guys, you know, um, having a familiarity and a kind of a bond with a coach. Um, he's moved up. I probably experienced that in my career as well, particularly with Tony McGahan. Um, when he stepped up, he was assistant coach. We were very, very pally. He was, uh, it was a different role as an assistant coach. Um, and then he's head coach and the kind of dynamic changed a little bit. But to, from, if I was to answer that, I don't think that'll be a problem because I think Graham um, has enough experience. Um, I think he knows that there's a certain amount of pressure here and that they need to improve right across the board. There needs to be a little bit of tough love here and a little bit of within themselves and really kind of push the, the pain trush, threshold. But it's something that, um, you know, obviously if the if results start going bad and, and difficult and challenging, um, there cert- certainly needs to be a bit of patience. But I think Graham is in the game long enough now to, to be able to you know, be be strong enough to 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 deal with any sort of that kind of complacency. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I I've, I think he's so well liked and res- well, more importantly, so well respected by the playing group. You know, he still has the ability to connect with people really, really well. He's very open about you know how he coaches and what he's doing. And um, so, yeah, look, I, I'm not sure. I, I think you hit it. You, you said something earlier on and there's been a couple of tweets about it from Philip Quinlan and, and, and Wayne in relation to the consistency. So um, Desmond O'Sullivan says, if we can get some consistency in our level of performance, that would be a great base to build going forward. Likewise, Paul O'Sullivan, which I thought was a bit harsh. I have no expectations of this Munster team this season new head coach and coaching team it's going to be a tough transition 
if Munster get a home quarter final and seven semi final in URC and into the latter rounds of Europe, it would be a good season. But it's going to be a big struggle. Like if I think that's a minimum minimum requirement um, to be in the playoffs in URC and to be in quarterfinals in Europe. Yeah, semi home semi final in the latter rounds of Europe. Like that's that to me is probably a very realistic maximum. Yeah, I and I think Europe is difficult because they're home to Toulouse, away to Northampton, home to Northampton and away to Toulouse. So you're looking at to try and get a home situation there for knockouts. You're looking at um, in around 16, you're looking at winning at least three of those. So getting an away win and yeah. winning two at home. But look, that's Europe. Um, I think the, the general feeling is that... Um, Obviously, every fat monster fan, um, and I'm sure the players themselves, they want to see more consistency, uh, probably more ambition and attack, and an improvement across the board in the skill set. Yeah. And I think Prendy is 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 someone hopefully that will will kind of improve that. But there needs to be a the, little. The bit front of row is also a, a big question mark. Crops up a little bit. Read out some and, more of the tweets. Um, well, no, it's just that Tony Sack had said that you know the front row issue when we go up again in Europe. And I, I had a little uh, giggle last week. We were getting a, a continuous stream of tweets last year in relation to Ali Yeager in New Zealand the Crusaders. He just resigned a two-year deal with the Crusaders last week and Gavin Murphy texts us in to say disaster. Um, so, yeah, look, I think, I think we've got to be realistic in terms of budgeting and where Munster are financially. And I think that, that could, be, it could be a big reason. But um, I, I also think... You know, Kenyon Knox and um, Roman Sanloa have, have been there training within this group for the last couple of seasons. And I think we've got it's time now that we've got to see them make this jump. I think that's going to be the most important thing. You know, Munster have invested a lot in, in terms of their, their, their development and their. But pe- their people growth. will ask this question, Niamh. Um, if Munster lose games and it comes down to front row issues or inexperience or. Um, I think everybody would love to see Roman Salanoa, Kenyon Knox, uh, James French. Um, uh, these guys step up. And, and of course, Stephen Archer is there. John Ryan is gone. Um, but if we have some of the issues in the latter stages in those big games, the question will come, why didn't Munster sign the tight head? Why didn't Munster sign more depth? Like Chris Moore has come in at Hooker. He came from Exeter University and... I'm hearing a lot of positive stuff about him. So your hookers are Niall Scannell, Dermot Barron, Scott Buckley and Chris Moore. Your props are Dave Kilcoyne, Jeremy Lockman, Liam O'Connor, Josh Witcherly. That's four loose heads, tight heads, Stephen Archer, Kenyon Knox, Roman Salano and James French. J- James French no. was shooting to start last week against Ulster in that development game, which got cancelled obviously because of the Queen's passing. So he, I imagine he'll they'll go in and around the same squad for this again which will be really interesting to see they're playing again in, in, on Saturday and these are the type of guys that we've got to invest in I think I think the likes of Kenyon and, and, and Roman Salanoa they've been training with that senior group but in the last two seasons we've got to see a jump now we've got to see them trusted and and if it's the case that it's going to like we can't put them in, in one or two games and think oh like you know we've lost those games there, you know, cast them aside. We've got to be patient with them because they've never had a consistent run of games over a period of time. Clearly, there is something about them that Munster have continued to hold on to them and allowed other players to go. So, like the coaches, 
we've got to give them time to grow and develop, which is a really difficult thing because you're doing it on a stage where, you know, you could, you're you going to be vulnerable and, and people are going to comment on you. But I, I think... I think we've got to allow them to 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 have make those mistakes and um, and yeah, they probably need to do. I that. think you judge them at the end of the season. I don't given if they have a whole you know a rake of games, we can't judge them on two and three performances coming off the bench for a certain amount of minutes. Okay, um, it's a worry, it's a concern. But hopefully, those players will step up and. Um, take their game to a different level and get the best out of themselves. Have you any more tweets? Are we done with the tweets? No, we're done. Yeah, we're done. Just generally, most of them are all in relation to the consistency and also about just being patient with that head coaching ticket. Okay, we'll move on. Um, last year, we brought you our Are You Watching Andy Farrell piece during the internationals and we've decided this year to, to bring in a, a star of the week from, from Munster Rugby and that could be... Um, a coach, um, a player, a fan, um, somebody within the, the organisation who's done something special. I, you know, obviously, when when the team are playing matches, uh, more more than likely it'll be it'll be a player. Um, so we're going to try and pick someone each week who's who's done something a little bit different, something that you and I have spotted, Neve. That um, we we'll give them that award as uh, star of the week. So we're probably going to do that. We're going to do that from next week on. Um, and 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 select somebody in that situation. So again, we can uh, get some fan engagement um, in, in helping us make our decision each week. Who's the standout person in Munster Rugby? Um, so that's some, something to look out for next week when we're reviewing the Cardiff game. Um, okay, we'll move on, Neve. Um, I think we covered a little bit of it there, um, and and we've we're going to look at it again. You're the coach. Uh, you're the one that is 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 involved in coaching week after week, um, and your opinion on kind of you know I want to know and people will be interested in this interested in this is kind of three things to look out for this season. Obviously, we've new coaches coming in, we've some player changes, guys stepping up from the academy. If you were to kind of broadly pick out a couple of things that we should be looking out for, what would they be? Yeah, look, I think two of them are in relation to to two coaching additions. So I I think the biggest thing that Munster needed to improve on was their speed around the park and the speed of the breakdown. And I think Dennis Emey's come in and, and between himself and, and Graham Roundtree, they're they're trying to improve that to make it more efficient so that Munster can play the type of game that, that they want. I think that's going to be huge in relation to the speed in which they want to play at and you know, we speak about the efficiency of Leinster and their breakdown for the last few seasons. It's interesting to see now that Dennis and Graham have come together in relation to this and, and they're looking to to try and improve Munster. I thought last year um, the, the breakdown was quite efficient, but for me it was it was more three to five and three to seven second rocks as opposed to zero to three. And if you want to... And I felt like Munster sore down at times when they were on top and they've got to have to go and have the ambition to, to be able to play like that irrelevant where they are in the pitch at times. You spoke about it already, about that you know ambition and attack. So that's definitely one is the breakdown and the speed of which the Ruck can go at. I think the second one is in relation to Joey Carberry and how he fits into Mike Prendergast's attack. 
I think just we, just can I can I stop you for a second? Yeah. The speed of the breakdown and the transition is that on Monsters Ball. You need we want it to be better. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think that that allows the attack to to flow better. I think. I think we're going to, you know, the likes of Tyg Byrne, Peter Mahoney, they're always going to have an influence in the defensive breakdown. I think we ought to look at in relation to that attack is our ability to, to be able to, stay, to speed the rock up. That goes from how we carry the ball into contact to how we clear it over and clear out that and is that, a t- is that a technical issue or is it just an urgency thing or more aggression for you, if you're coaching it's, a team, it's a technical and you're saying, issue. It's a, it's a technical if you're, if, you're, if you're coaching a team and you want to improve the speed up the breakdown, get it better. What what do you do? So, is it from a technical point of view, they need to be better with body positions, more aggressive, more urgency, it's, it's, identification, it's, all that yeah, stuff. So, it is a technical thing, but we're gonna look. We, you're looking at once you have the technique to like down to a T, then you can start to bring in that urgency and intensity. And I think from what I can. Gather they've been working on that a lot in, in the preseason in relation to how they like how they literally have the ball in the plate and also you know they're they're just going to play it they're not going to wait for somebody to get there and I think that's going to be really important we saw that in the Gloucester game you know Beckettol comes up and he he literally just takes the ball off the back of the rock and he, and he's gone and all of a sudden now Munster are over the game line three or four phases later. They're scoring, and and that's what they've got to be able to do. They've got to be able to make good of that in relation to speed of the breakdown. Second thing, as I said to you earlier on, okay, was so in relation, it was in relation to how Joey flourishes in um, in Mike Prendergast's attack. I think the last couple of seasons we saw the best of Joey wearing a green jersey. We don't see the best of him wearing a Munster one. I think it was the fact that type of rugby or the type of attack structure that they were they were playing. I think. You, you could see elements of it in the, the Gloucester and London Irish preseason games. The, the fact that Munster are looking to move the ball now and it becomes less structured and more unstructured and it's about getting into space and, 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 and people supporting that ball carrier. I think this is going to be a huge year for Joey Carberry because I think that it's, he has to flourish and if it doesn't, then Ben Healy, Jack Crowley, these type of players, there, there'll be no... Case, it, you know the way we're here now, and we're saying, "Okay, Joy Carby's obviously the first, number one ten. That would become less and less as the season wears on if we don't see the best of Joy Carby. And I think that somebody like a Mike Prendergast, his mind, his ability to to coach is is really really good. So he's going to be the type of one that's going to be able to get him out of that. And so that's going to be a huge thing. And I think a really good, you know, unstructured. Joey Carberry in terms of having the ability to be able to play and see what's in front of him well then that would bring everybody else on and that brings me on to the next point then the likes of Anton Fritchin and Malachi Secto two really good centres and it's probably an area where Munster I felt like has been probably struggling a little bit in terms of trying to create things over the last couple of seasons I felt like Chris Farrell's a really good player. We underestimate how good his hands are at times. But, but, the, but Neve, just let me stop you there. Does does that go back to game plan? And under under the the, the previous caution regime, um, kicking the ball a lot, um, trying to be direct, um, pragmatic in their approach. Um, did that inhibit the ability for Monster to attack more and and get a little bit of width in their game? 
Yeah, look, I'm, we were privy to what was going on in Munster over the last few seasons, but it had appeared from the outside looking in that it was kind of like a very South African dominated type of performance where you're. Well, we, to could, run over. we could we could see. People yeah, we could, but we're also not in, um, in their transitions and their meetings, so we don't really know. But yeah, look, it, it, it did look like it was a very kind of South African dominated, continuing on from Razzie and Jack Neenberg into to Johan. And, and I'm not sure we had the, the, the caliber of player in terms of the strength of physicality and size profile to be able to play that type of game. Um, it's interesting to when you go and watch Munster train now, it's a huge amount of unstructured games, it's a huge amount of players that are um, you know it's not set piece dominated there's very few players standing around doing very little in terms of um, do you, you know do you think the players do you think the players would enjoy that more yeah, do you think the players would enjoy that more because I mentioned there um, the Johan van Grand coaching ticket but ultimately Stephen Larkin was our attack coach and Realistically, from week to week, it was it was sometimes we saw some really good attack, but no consistency and no kind of structure in in what they were trying to do. I know you mentioned the word unstructured, and I'm a fan of unstructured because that's given players their their own confidence and ability to have Winnie, a goal. There's, play rugby. there's structure in every unstructured element of yes, the play. Yeah. So while we say unstructured, it means it's a case of you know, you have the ability to be able to move that pass once more. We, if we get over the game line, we have players that can come and support that. You have to remember, yes, 100%, we felt like we both spoke about last season in relation to the changing of the attack quite a bit. And I'm sure there was a lot of tinkering going on in terms of trying to find solutions, but ultimately it rests on the head coach. And, and, and I felt last season, you know, that that was probably an area that we kind of were looking for improvement all the time. Whereas, I feel now that it's, I think that the first few weeks are definitely going to be a little bit messy of this URC campaign because obviously players coming in and out, but also because players are going to be empowered to be, to try things and, and to create instances like under pressure, like 2v1s, 3v2s that they do in training and um, in games. And, and look, you can't realistically um, match that intensity of a competitive game in, in, in training, so you know it's it's going to take a while to get used to it. But for me, the big change over this preseason has been watching players, the intensity that they're going at. I, I'd imagine as a group that's been with Munster for the last few years, probably took a lot of getting used to because they wouldn't have been used to that constantly going, constantly moving off the ball, working early to make sure that they can get into a position where their options, everybody is all the time, and um, and constantly thinking. I'd say that was a big change as well in relation to. Well, if you get up off off the ground and you reload and there's space in front of you, well, and we go the opposite way, there's a whistle blowing and scrum. It's like, why aren't you, like, that space is there. Why haven't we seen that? So they're literally constantly being forced to put under pressure and mentally as well. So um, that's going to be a big, big thing going forward this season, I think, in terms of seeing that attack flourish. Do, do you think the players are accepting of this and enjoying this and want to play like this? Yeah, look, I, I haven't really spoke to any of them, but... They look like they're having a good time in training, which is always good. And it's, it's interesting to see that their personalities are allowed to come out. Like, I, it's great to see Simon Sebo literally. And if he drops the ball, if he's the first person in their face whooping and hollering about it. And um, and it's great to see that because I think that um, if you allow players to flourish within their own personalities, then you're going to get better players on the pitch. And um, so um, 
I'd like to think that they're enjoying it. If it was me and I was playing still, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to speak for you. That's the type of rugby I'd love to have been playing and that's the type of training I'd love to have been involved in because you're walking off the pitch knowing that you work exceptionally hard. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the, the week's and going. To, to be fair to the previous coaching ticket, I think we, we, I mentioned we saw glimpses. The games that stick out in my head are the away performance in Claremont. Yeah. Um, brilliant, brilliant attack. Some great tries. The Scarlets game last season. Um, but they're kind of hard to pick these games, the attack. Another one that sticks in my mind is that Connacht performance at, in December where it was pretty bland and I think we had something like 42 passes in the game. We're, I don't think we're advocating for all-out attack and that's the only way Munster can play. We don't need to go away from the traditions of being you know, forward-orientated. You've got to kick a lot in the game as well. But I think what Ireland showed in the summer, um, intelligent kicks and pressure on the opposition, and sometimes you're going to not have the ball other times you're going to have to protect the ball a lot. So I don't think we're advocating for our, uh, for Munster to go winger to winger to winger to winger, and that's going to change everything. Um, I presume you agree. I think it's 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 kind of work in progress, taking their opportunities when they arise, um, being ambitious about finding space, um, execution. And I think you make a great point about Joey Carberry. I think we we all know that he's a fantastic footballer. He has the ability. I think I heard the word before, more animation from him probably uh, behind the pod when he's getting the ball out the back, um, attacking the line a little bit better. But right across the board and having covered a lot of monster games in the last couple of seasons, I think it's that, it's that shape when, um, when, when, when the ball is moving around the place, it's, it's that shape and getting back into position and, and, I suppose, engaging defenders, even if you're not getting the ball. So in other words, people running good lines and stuff like that, they're probably areas that Munster need to get better. Um, tackle reload. Um, you know, I think if Munster improve, um, you know, 5% in, in a number of those areas, particularly early on, I think that'll make them better. It'll give them a little bit more confidence. But I do think, you know, I'd urge caution here and a little bit of patience because... Um, you know, when, you, when you're trying to, you know, change uh, structures, not just the way you play, because you don't rip up a complete script, um, but just, you know, putting guys in different positions, uh, stressing them a little bit more about getting into shape. Um, and obviously that requires urgency, desire, fitness. Um, so it's going to take a little bit of time, but... I think we can both agree, and I think most people I meet and chat about Munster are excited that Graham, Graham Rountree is the new head coach, yeah. um, excited that Dennis Leamy has come in, Mike Prendergast has come in, and Andy Kiriakou. Um, and look, the reality for those guys is, you know, Munster haven't won a trophy in a long time, and there is a certain amount of pressure here. And uh, But I think there's a little bit of enthusiasm there about what can happen Um just we haven't long left, but we'll just talk about briefly. Spoke on uh, Malachi Fekatoa. Uh, people are excited about him. Anton Frisch. Um, I think there's certainly ability there to be to have a big impact in the centre. Um, Chris Farrell. You know, you mentioned Chris Farrell a minute ago. I think, I think he's a brilliant player. I think he was superb in that Toulouse game. 
I think uh, if you can get the ball in his hands earlier more, I, I think it'll be beneficial. Mike Prendergast certainly knows him from their time in Grenoble. Um, Chris Moore has come in at hooker. So Munster haven't gone and signed 10 players here. We've signed three players. A couple of guys have stepped up from the academy. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, RG Snyman as well. People want him back. Um, I was hoping he'd be back for the start of the season. He's obviously had an horrendous situation um, with the two knee injuries. Um, people will be very, very excited to get him back and to see him in a Munster jersey. Um, there's one player that's kind of I that jumped out, and you know I watched highlights of those two preseason games against um, Gloucester and and London Irish. Now I did see some tweets saying, "Oh, I'm not that enthused because of the preseason games." Yeah, I wouldn't worry about uh, that. Both Mon- Munster were beaten 28-19 by Gloucester and 19-14 by London Irish. In both games, they were well behind at half time. Both those selections were, there was a lot of chopping and changing um, and a lot of changes. And both both games, the second half performances were much better. Someone who kind of jumped out and his name popped up a lot was Edwin Edogbo. Um, you know a little bit more about him. He's a second row, um, came, tr- came from Cove, cool. uh, yeah. had a back, bad Achilles injured last year, injury yeah. last year. Did he play with UCC as well? Yeah. Um, so he's he's this he's got a huge potential, and I don't want to be um, like running away with myself. But he, yeah, he had a really bad either rupture in his Achilles tendon last year in the interpros, or just coming into the interpros, a really tough year for him. But he's come back in unbelievable shape. His brother Sean played with the underage system as well for this year's interpros. Just a beast of a of a, a young man. He's incredibly um, uh, powerful in terms of how he you know, goes about his business, but also really willing to learn. And um, so he's a really exciting prospect, but he's like, he's very young. We've got to be very patient. He's obviously had a, a long time out, but to see him in around that mix with the seniors and that development squad last week, um, I, I think was, you know, it's brilliant, brilliant for him. And um, hopefully he'll continue that trajectory because I, I was standing beside him the other day and I just like looked up. I was just like, I wasn't even up to his shoulder. Like he's, He's a big guy, um, but can move too, and um, a, a very good attitude as well. Yeah, he's incredibly powerful, and uh, we we could nearly give him star of the week this week for being involved in the first two games, but uh, we won't do it till next week. Ruan Quinn as well. He he was involved in that Gloucester game. Uh, Paddy Patterson is someone who's kind of stood out in those preseason and brought a lot of pace and tempo. So. Um, anyway, we'll see what happens at the weekend. Who's involved? Munster going to Cardiff at the weekend. We'll just kind of last segment of, of, of what we want to chat about. Um, they're away to Cardiff this week, away to Dragons next week, uh, home to Zebra and away to Connacht. So in those first four games, um, they've won home game away three times. Really difficult um, for, for Munster. And you know, with the season and the, the table and all that, you want to try and get off to a good start. Munster did that last year against the two South African teams. This is a tough start for him, isn't it? Away to Cardiff. Cardiff have signed uh, Talopi Falatau, uh, Liam Williams. They brought them in. They've signed a Tongan international, Lopetti Tamani. Um, so they've got some good players in there. And obviously some of the players that they have, Thomas Young come from Wasp, that young son. He's a really good open side. And some of the you know familiar faces, Ray Lilo, 
Willis Halaholo in the centre. Josh Navidi is injured. Seb Davies. This is going to be a difficult game. The Welsh internationals are available for Cardiff and Di Young. I was reading last week. Um, they're going full tilt here. And he was thanking Wayne Pivak for re- releasing the Welsh internationals. The Irish internationals aren't back till round three. So this is a difficult challenge for, for Cardiff and a real kind of test of not just their playing ability, but their, their steel or their resilience, um, how they're going to react here. Because I know from my own experience, um, you know, going to the back, back pitch in the Principality Stadium there, it's a 4G pitch. It's a tricky place to go and get a result. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and there's, there's a couple of facets to that. I think <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of new combinations from Munster that, um, you know, probably won't have played a huge amount together. Um, that's going to take time. Second thing is, is that, you know, it's really important that these players start well in terms of, you know, the internationals will be coming back in. You've got to try and make the most of the time that you have because um, it's not like there's a load of A games and, um, you know, and, and an A league type of thing. So you've got to try and make the most of your time that you're playing. So I think that's going to be really important. And it is going to be difficult. We're looking at, you know, a, a very experienced carrier of team against probably an inexperienced Munster team in relation to the fact that we're going to be missing the likes of Craig Casey, Conor Murray, you know, and um, Peter Mahoney, Tygburn and, and these guys. So, um, and and on top of that, Conway's still injured. He's still coming back. I saw he's back running this week, which is great. RG is still missing. Um, so, there's still big names that have got to come back into that, that squad and that will happen as the, the weeks go on. So, um, it is going to be difficult, but like, this is it now. Like, we they've got to start and try and, um, and show... Probably, I think the most interesting thing for me will be how we go about playing and stuff like that. You know, do you know from a set piece point of view, and um, and then from a, a phase play point point of view. You know, I think it, this time it's been a bit different. I think last few seasons, Munster have been set, very set piece orientated, whereas this time it seems to be the flip that they're looking at a lot of phase play and and how they they manage to work their way around that. So. Um, but yeah, I, I'm actually I'm very excited for it because I think they're like getting to see the likes of. Fecto and these guys and um, and how they how they play and and also I'm really interested to see the the Ben Healy Jack Crowley um, combination as they wait to try and, and and get minutes in before Joey comes back. So so the fast. Who do you start at ten? Uh, ben Healy. Ben Healy starts and yeah. uh, Jack Crowley on the bench. Um, yeah, with Paddy Patterson. Yeah, and Paddy Patterson's played really well in those two preseason games as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a difficult start, as I said. Cardiff, Munster, and their way to the Dragons the week after. So they're in Wales for two weeks. Is it ne- a necessity that they win? Or are we... Oh, listen, look, we're competitive beings and every one of them are... And they did this in Scarlets last year, didn't they? Remember, yeah. Scarlets had a really big yeah. team. Um, so maybe there's there's a lot at stake here from if they were to go and get a result here in Cardiff against a lot of these Welsh internationals. Well, that'd do it in the world of good... I, th- I think personally, it's a difficult game given that you've British and Irish Lions coming back and playing for the Blues, the Cardiff Blues. Um, I think they've got to be competitive. They've got to be... What, what I want to see at the weekend is a little bit of an edge, that you're not getting bullied, you're not getting kind of physically dominated, that some of these players who want to make a name for themselves, want to get into Irish squads, um, that they, they show physicality and and... and and an aggression that they're they're not being pushed around, and then 
you know, obviously on a 4G pitch, you're going to get an opportunity to play. So, you know, ultimately, um, the Munster forward pack that's selected for Saturday have a big task in their hands. And, you know, hopefully they can step up. You know, we mentioned it a lot. Kenyon Knox, Roman Salano, whoever starts there. Will Stephen Archer start? I don't know. We haven't seen... We've seen Knox and Salano in those pre-seasons. So um, it is a tough start, but hopefully they can, you know, bring that bit of aggression and energy. And uh, obviously we'll, we'll analyze the game next week. Um, we're glad to be back um, with the podcast. We're, we're also glad to be back to see Munster playing again. And, and you know, we'll analyze and, and go through their performances and hopefully self, have some interaction from Munster people as well. Players, coaches, fans throughout the season. Um, that's it for episode 36 of the Rev 78. To make sure you get the podcast straight to your phone every week, just search for the Red 78 wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. Don't forget to get in touch with either Neve or me uh, with tweets, your thoughts, your observations at the weekend, or you can uh, leave a comment on the YouTube channel um, or else on um, at Rugby Channel 15, you can you can leave a tweet there. Um, so that's it, Neve. First one down of the new season. Um, Looking forward to it and uh, hopefully we'll have some positive things to say. A win is what we want, but it's a difficult task. But hopefully we'll be talking about some positive performance from Munster and uh, chat to you next week. Thank you. Thanks, Quinny. The Munster Rugby Podcast. Red 78 with Adam Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Munster Rugby better.